Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen and that is Mr. Tyler Guthrie. How's your past couple weeks been? I know we skipped a week here. How's your how's your past couple weeks been? Oh, we've had enough racing to kind of entertain us in the past couple weeks. Uh, double dose of IndyCar this past weekend and NASCAR's been somewhat entertaining, I guess. Denny Hamlin's making more headlines, so more for NASCAR, but... Yeah, so not a whole lot really interesting, but I guess we can find stuff to talk about. I think there's been more interesting than what you think. Um, Let's start off. We'll start off with the IndyCar doubleheader. Um, Let you get your your passion project out of the way here. Um, Joseph Newgarden dominates both races at Iowa. I, I don't know that that was much of a surprise to anyone. He might as well call that new garden speedway at this point um what happened in this race besides joseph new garden putting on a clinic so i think those were new garden's fifth and sixth wins at iowa now in his career which is just insane he also becomes the uh third or fourth driver in indycar history to win five oval races in a row um which is kind of an interesting stat just because the ovals that we do have in IndyCar are so different from each other because the wins now are Gateway last year, then Texas, Indy, and both Iowa races this year. Um, Will Power got a 69th and 70th poles. He got both poles for both races. Uh, that is extending his record in IndyCar as the most poles all time. Um both races had a lot of green flag racing. I think there was one yellow in the first race and like two in the second one. Um, but there are 250 mile races or 250 lap races. And, uh, they went by really quick. I know they were in, they were like trying to get the whole weekend to be a big event, but the races were just really quick. I don't know. I don't know how to fix that. Cause Making it a 300-lap race doesn't really change a whole lot. But they had a lot of good green flag racing. Um, Lap cars were everywhere. I think the first race, like, maybe five cars were still on the lead lap, and then they had a yellow that came out and got some more people on the lead lap again. But um, Pelot's championship lead got cut by 30-something points. Um, It was going to be a lot more than that, and he was, like, running 13th in the second race and then ended up finishing third somehow. Um, but Newgarden second in championship and got almost 40 points closer this week. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you get closer in the championship is you win, uh, two in a row at your best track. So I think everybody that was, uh, counting below me included as kind of the runaway champion at this point, that may not necessarily be the case just yet. Yeah. I won't be surprised still if he, gaps it out in the next couple of weeks because the Penske cars are really good on short ovals, but we only got one more oval race this year at Gateway and everything else is stuff that Pelot's been really fast at. We got to go back to Indy again. He won that race by like over 10 seconds earlier this year. I would be very surprised if anybody could catch up to Pelot this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he still does win the championship, but at this point, he's not necessarily running away. Uh, New Garden is at least um, within striking distance. It is still possible to do. Uh, we'll see what happens here in the next. Yeah, few don't weeks, worry. But- the 
the power rankings got shaken up a little bit this week. The power rankings are so stupid, especially in F1. Yeah. Like, ooh, this driver's doing a little bit better, so we'll rank him higher than this guy that's, like, in a Red Bull. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> that's not how next week's going to go at all, but all right. <laughs> well, okay, so my understanding on power rankings is it's not necessarily based on the car. Because that's the thing. With F1 power rankings, obviously, if you're going to say... Oh, it's based on, like, past driver performance, isn't it? It's based on a lot of different factors. So you can't just say, oh, well, Verstappen and Perez are in Red Bull, so they're automatically the top two in the power rankings because they've got the best car. Um, There's a lot more factors that go into it. And personally, if I were doing power rankings, I would weigh it much more on, especially with F1, I would weigh it much more on driver talent and what that driver is able to do in the car that they have. Um, so for example, Lando Norris has been like tearing it up lately. The, the McLarens, I don't know where they got their speed from, but they've all of a sudden been super fast the last couple of weeks. So I would honestly, I might rank Lando Norris ahead of Max Verstappen right now, just because I think he's performing better in the equipment that he has than Verstappen is. Of course, Verstappen is the, the car he's got is so much better than the rest of the field that I don't know that he's gone 100% for any race this year. So I don't know that yeah, we I don't really know so either. I I don't know that we know the extent of what he can do at this point. Yeah, that's fair. He's been winning every race by like 20 seconds this year, so once you get about 4 or 5 seconds out in front, you don't really have to try anymore. Well, once you get over a second, you really don't have to try. You just got to do enough to maintain the gap so they don't get DRS. Yeah, and it helps when your car is about 10 mile an hour faster in a straight line than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely helps. Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of F1, while we're on the topic, uh, Max Verstappen wins again. Not, not a surprise. Uh, Lando Norris and Checo on the podium. Uh, Checo finally seems to be having some speed again now that Red Bull kneecapped him for a few weeks so he couldn't beat Max in the championship. So um it is what it is. Um I think yeah, he got that ar- mid season nerf. Yeah. I, I think we're already guaranteed a Verstappen championship because Red Bull nerfed Checo for a few weeks. Checo was on pace to at least give Max a run, and he just coincidentally had a few bad runs in a row that took him out of it. So I don't I don't see that as a coincidence. Yeah, I think Max is like 100 points clear of second place in the championship right now, which in F1 is kind of ridiculous. Uh, it is nice to see the McLarens doing well now because at the beginning of the season, they were, what, projected to finish last or second to last in the championship, and they weren't even scoring points. And now that's Lando's second podium in a row, so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. to see. Um It'll be nice to see if they can take the fight to Red Bull a little bit more next year because I remember at the beginning of the season they said that the car they had was not the car they were going to have at the end of the season, which was like, okay, sure, whatever. But I don't think any of us ever expected McLaren to be challenging for a top five, let alone podium, maybe even a race win this year. So it would be interesting to see if they can continue that development and come up with a car that is actually 
not a brick at the beginning of the season next year. Um, we got rule changes coming in 2026. Uh, and obviously, that's three years out still, but it'll be interesting to see who adopts those better. Um, maybe it'll be Ferrari's turn next time. Probably not, but we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Um, and for clarification, it's 110 points, the gap from Max to Checo in the points. That's over four races. And that's that's four races if Checo were to win all four. So literally, Max yeah. could skip four races, maybe five, and still be in the lead. Yeah, I think it'll probably be mathematically decided with like six or seven races to go, which is really disappointing. I don't even think when Hamilton was dominating that he clinched it that far out ever, did he? I think it was like three or four races left to go, but at yeah. least Rosberg and Hamilton were fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Max and Checo are close to each other. The problem is Red Bull nerfed Checo for a few weeks, so all of a sudden Checo's just not there anymore. But yeah, you, they you can't them, explain to close. me. You can't explain to me why Perez has been qualifying like not even making it into Q2 for the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks when he's got the same car as Max. He's got the same car. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's got the same car and he has proved that he can win races in that car even when Max is on his game. So yeah. no, you you can't tell me that he all of a sudden just had a few weeks where he's where he just forgot how to drive. Like no, that's right. not that's not how that works. Yeah, Perez has been here long enough that he's not just going to suddenly lose that much speed. I, I don't I mean, I don't want to call allegations and all that kind of stuff in major league sports like that, but it it's pretty fishy. Oh, it's it's very fishy. I mean, it's F1. I, it's not like it's surprising. It, most, if not all F1 teams, have very clearly defined a number one driver and a number two driver. Max is the number one driver at Red Bull. So I, it wouldn't be the first time that a team has shown blatant favoritism to their number one driver. Yeah, which is another thing that was refreshing to see in IndyCar this week when all three of the Penske cars were fighting for the top spot in the race and they were all three dodging weaving through traffic and no team orders nothing like that just have at it and new garden was the fastest yeah um and that's what we've been talking about all season is that all these f1 elitists want to talk about how f1 is this great racing series and they're the best racing in the world and that's just not true on so many levels so let's uh, move on to the Pocono action from this weekend. Four races from Pocono. Actually, we need to talk about SRX, too. So before we go to Pocono, we'll talk about SRX. The second race in a row. What, did you not watch SRX? No, I did. It's just been like <laughs> a week oh, yeah, almost is, at this point. It has, <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. Um, second week in a row for SRX is Stafford. They were supposed to be at thunder road this week but apparently vermont has turned into a giant lake so yeah uh, that wasn't really possible so stafford stepped up and said that they could run a second week there uh denny hamlin won the first week since we didn't have a show last week we'll at least mention that the denny hamlin won but it was rain shortened 
And Ryan Newman was catching him at the end. I think Newman was absolutely going to win that first week if it had gone to the distance. But then he comes back, backs that up, and wins week number two at Stafford. Newman has got Stafford in an SRX car figured out because he won that race last year as well. I don't know what it is that suits his driving style, but he's got Stafford in an SRX car figured out. Yeah, Newman's been quick, and after the past couple of seasons he's had in like NASCAR Cup Series, it's good to see him, you know, wheel a stock car around somewhere. Obviously, he's not going to do any big tracks in NASCAR anymore because of some safety issues with the next gen car. But it's really good to see people like Ryan Newman back and doing well in a car. Um, anytime you get like Newman or Jeff Gordon or Jimmy Johnson in a car and they're doing well, it's good for the sport. Um, I like what SRX is doing, especially with having past cup champions and stuff like that in there. Some of them raise a couple questions to me, like a couple of the drivers that they have in there. I don't think Haley Deegan really qualifies as superstar racer, but have, have you, know, you not seen her social media following? Just because she's not been if that's successful. if that's the if that's what but, we're going off of, then sure. But right, mm. okay. So so here's the thing you got to remember with SRX. SRX is an entertainment series. Yes, right. They have good racing, but they also throw fun flags. They're there for the yeah. entertainment. They're there to get eyeballs on the series, as many eyeballs as possible. And Haley Deegan brings eyeballs. And she's honestly yeah. not been terrible in those cars. She hasn't won a race, and she's not really been in contention for a win, but she's not done terrible in them. So, yeah, honestly, for the criteria of Superstar, I think she falls into that just because of her fan following. Yeah, I think I just want this to be IROC, and it's, it's not. It's SRX. So, I mean, I get where they're coming from, having people like her and a couple other, like, really freaking old NASCAR champions in there, but yeah, See, here, it's still a fun series. So here's the thing. It's modern day IROC. It's as much IROC as it can be. The problem is there's a reason IROC failed because IROC, especially in the end was not very good racing. It was not drawing ratings. It was not drawing crowds. Nobody cared about IROC by the end of it. You've got to give the people a reason to care about it, and they've done that with good racing and big names that people want to see in these cars. And so, honestly, I think they're doing everything right with SRX. And it showed the first year when they came out and like the numbers were super small and a few other things that they immediately went back, saw the complaints from fans, and changed everything, or most everything, that the fans didn't like going into the second race that first year. So they've been listening. They know what the fans want. They know what's going to keep the fans around. And honestly, I think they've done pretty much everything exactly right with SRX. They've taken IROC and made it profitable and something that fans want to see on a weekly basis. Yeah, and I think that's mostly to attribute to the management of IROC, or not IROC, of SRX not being... <laughs> Um, like business savvy as much as some people are, because you know, like NASCAR is owned by businessmen. It, it's it's business first, entertainment mm -hmm. second, and the sport third. But you kind of get that sometimes when you're actually watching a NASCAR race, because you can clearly see sometimes how they could make the racing or entertainment value so much better, but they choose not to because it's extra money or whatever. SRX is purely for the fans. It's just fun. 
And they show that from the broadcast all the way down to just interviewing the drivers after the race. It's just a bunch of fun for everybody. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I don't think there's a single thing that SRX is doing wrong at this point. They are putting on a fantastic series. Honestly, I wish they had more races and slightly bigger fields. Like you're on short track, so I don't think you need a 40 car field, but maybe put 20 cars out there, maybe do 10 races. I think that would be the sweet spot. 20 cars, 10 races, leave it as Thursday night thunder. I really like the idea of it being Thursday night thunder. Just raise the field to 20 cars, add four more races. And I think you have as close to a perfect series as you're going to get, as long as you continue to get the same caliber of drivers in there. Man, I love the Thursday Night Thunder, but that is so not good for either of my work schedules. <laughs> I'm either at work or in bed because I got to wake up at four. <laughs> well, luckily, it sounds like your work schedule is going to be changing soon, so it might be for potentially. The yeah, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Uh, allegedly. The other thing I think that SRX is teaching us right now is that. Some of these drivers they're getting in there are better than what they're getting credit for in NASCAR. Case in Ryan point, Priest. This, yes, case in point, Ryan Priest and Daniel Suarez. Uh, Ryan yeah. Priest dominated that race. Now, to be fair, Stafford is a track he's been on many, many times in modifieds before he came into the bigger series of NASCAR, but. Ryan Priest absolutely dominated that race until he had a mechanical issue. And that showed that he's got talent. He's just not really ever been in the right equipment in the Cup Series. And even right now in an SHR car, I don't know that he's in the right equipment because SHR is not at the top of their game at all. But Daniel Suarez also showed that he's got more talent than what people give him credit for. He led a lot of the late stages of the race until Newman got him with a few laps to go. So. I think people are sleeping on both Ryan Priest and Daniel Suarez, and they showed that in SRX this week. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about the SRX is because all the cars are exactly identical, you get to see just how good each driver is compared to every other driver. I do think Ryan Priest is a very good driver, and I hate that the Stuart Haas cars are so not on the level that they should be. And you're even seeing that with Kevin Harvick's results. Kevin Harvick can pull the best out of any terrible car you give him, and he's still not doing too hot this year. Um, I mean, he almost won this week at Pocono. He was right there. He did, but on a weekly basis, it's not anywhere near where you would expect Harvick or Stuart Haas to be. Um, I don't think... Priest is nearly as good as Kyle Larson, but I think it's fair to throw some similarities there. Um, I know Tony Stewart likes him, and I trust Tony Stewart's kind of instincts on drivers as far as that goes. Ryan Priest is just not getting the right equipment for Cup, and the JTD Doherty car he was in the past couple of years is not any better at all. Um, yeah, I hope he gets a good shot. I think he's a good driver, and I think he can show it, but there's so many different drivers in nascar so many different levels that just can't get the right equipment and if you're not going to get the best equipment the best team you're not going to go up against the best i mean the thing is he's shown in xfinity and in trucks that he's got the talent he's won races when he's been in the right equipment in xfinity and trucks i mean he went out and won his second start in a jgr xfinity car back a few years ago it may have been a couple more starts than that but it was one of his first starts 
in a JGR Xfinity car, went out and won at Bristol. So he has shown if he's in the right equipment, he can do it. He's just never had that right opportunity in the Cup Series. And I've seen so many people say, well, maybe he's just an Xfinity talent. He's not a Cup talent. I don't buy that. I think he's just not been in the right equipment in the Cup Series. And he has shown that in every other series he's ever been in. He dominated when he was in Modifieds. He's been good in Xfinity when he's been there. He's been good in trucks. He's now good, shown that he's good in SRX. It's just the Cup Series. So what is it about the Cup Series? What is the common denominator he has had in the Cup Series? Lack of equipment. JTG Doherty cars, when he was there, were not race-winning cars. Ricky Stenhouse has run that 47 car better this year than JTD Doherty cars have in the past. But when Priest was there, those were not cars that you would look at as race-winning cars. And it's SHR on cars. Talladega and Daytona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And SHR cars this year really are not winning cars most weeks. So mm -hmm. he's just not been in the right equipment in the Cup Series. And I do not buy that whole, well, he's just not a Cup-level talent. I don't buy that at all. We haven't even gotten, what, a random... Almarola win from SHR this season yet have we we got a poll from him but yeah I mean he was really fast at New Hampshire and might have pulled that off until he got wrecked late so I think New Hampshire was probably going to be his best shot this season it was um, last year too <laughs> yeah right um well no that was two years ago Bell won no, last was, year yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah see I made that mistake a few weeks ago too um yeah, I don't I don't know what's up with SHR. I mean, Chase Briscoe's been running back in the 30s some weeks, so I really I mean, no, don't Chase Briscoe's better than that. Oh, yeah, he's much better than that. So, I don't know what's up with that team right now. I've heard rumblings that that team could be restructuring next year. Um I heard it. I thought I heard a rumbling that they might go back to Chevy sometime soon. Yeah, so that's Part of the rumblings that I heard, um, I don't know that I've fully confirmed what I've heard, so I don't necessarily want to say it publicly yet, but it sounds like that team may be in for a major rebranding next year. So Yeah, and if, if they do go to a different brand, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Chevy. That's going to be a hell of a lot of Chevy cars, but they are losing the legacy cars. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, that's going to put a big dent in Ford, because what, they're going to have Rick Ware and Penske? Yeah, well, Rick Ware, it, well, and RFK, and Rick Ware are basically RFK cars at this point. Um, yeah. So I, I think the SHR move to Chevy will make more sense once you see how that team restructures, if it restructures how I've heard it's supposed to. Um, so Tony Stewart time? Huh? Just Tony Stewart time? Get rid of the Haas part? <laughs> well, that might be part of it, uh, but that's not the whole thing. Uh, so, anyway, moving on to uh, NASCAR from this past weekend. Four races from Pocono, ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. It was uh, a full weekend, a full Saturday, because ARCA got rained into Saturday. And they started at 8 30 a.m. on Saturday and made it a pain in the ass for everyone that wanted to watch it because why start later than that if the truck race starts at noon and it's like an hour to an hour and a half race why would we want to start later than 8 30 and nothing on track between ARCA and trucks why would we <laughs> want to do that 
Just another case of Arca and weird start times. Gosh, I woke up and saw that they had postponed it to 8.30 in the morning. I was like, oh, cool. I woke up at about 8, but I'm on Central Time, so I missed like three quarters of the race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, there were some interesting things happening in this race. Uh, the race for the win wasn't necessarily super exciting, as Jesse Love dominated, and he is now 5 for 10 on the season. So he's won 50% of the races so far. Um, can you say already the champion? Um, yeah, all right. Uh, that being said, though, Andres Perez de Lara was fast for the first time this season. Yes, I am calling him Perez de Lara. Not, I'm not being Fox and dropping the de Lara part because they can't pronounce it. Um, Andres. Yeah. Andre. Wait, what were they calling him? Andres. Andres Perez de Lara. Uh, was very fast in this race. <laughs> I, uh, I, do, I really don't know where they get their pronunciations from. I really don't. Um, anyway, Jamie Little moment. It wasn't even just Jamie Little. Jamie Howe was calling him Andres too. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know, but um, he was very fast in this race. Was actually kind of competing with uh, Jesse for a little bit of the race. Then he had a pit road penalty and got sent to the back drove all the way back to third at the end of the race so very fast and may have been able to do something with jesse at the end of the race if he'd had a few more laps um tony bridinger fast again i continue to be impressed with what she's doing this year um i've said it before i'll say it again i've been tough on her in the past but she stepped up her game this year um she was battling for i think it was four top five maybe, yeah i think it was fourth maybe third um, and then got into it with, uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody cleared themselves down into turn one and almost mm -hmm. wrecked both of them and sent her back like all basically back to 10th. And then I think she rebounded back to sixth. So still very good into the race. Uh, didn't get flustered when that happened late and still drove back for a decent finish. So I have been genuinely impressed with what I've seen out of her this year. Um, so if she continues to improve good honor, because I, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that this year, but I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing it. I'm glad to see that, that she is finally doing well. I really did always want her to do well. Just never saw it until now. Um, yeah. And Pocono is not exactly the easiest place to have a good run at. So no, just not at all. more power to her really. Yeah. Um, bad days though, for Frankie Muniz and Logan Misaraka. Uh, Logan was out very early with mechanical issues and Frankie, I believe had a mechanical issue too. Um, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Um, here, let's just verify that. Believe Is that it. Like a mechanical. gearbox problem. Maybe. Oh, they didn't put a status on the results. It's just a dash. Okay, well, mm -hmm. we're going to say mechanical issue then. Uh, then Frankie out. Oh, it was batteries, batteries. Yes, that's what it was. Frankie out with a battery issue um, at the end of the race. Uh, very unfortunate. Had a decent day going. Um, lost second in the points because of this. Uh, Perez de Lara now up to second in the points. So not a good day all around for Frankie, but uh, still a decent season so far. Jesse Love leaves with a 69-point lead over Perez de Lara and 74 nice. over Frankie Muniz. 
Oh, yes, nice. Um, also, before we move on, what was Sean Core thinking? Forgot where the brake pedal was, apparently. Gets spun down into the grass coming through turn three, and instead of locking it down, stays in the gas, I guess, to try and keep it off of the wall, even though he was a long way from the wall, slides back up onto the track, still with his foot on the gas, and by the time he comes to a stop from this momentum of the gas trying to push him forward, he lurches forward and almost collects two more cars because he just couldn't hold the brake. I don't know <laughs> what the thought process there was, but typical Arkham moment, I guess. I hate to I hate to say things like that because Arca gets a bad rap for Arca breaks and Arca moments like this. Um, so I hate to I hate to bring things like that up and call it an Arca moment, but absolutely an Arca moment. Like, what was he thinking? Hold the this brakes. moment brought to you by Arca breaks. Yeah, well, a non-existent Arca breaks in this case. That's <laughs> um, why they're Arca breaks. <laughs> well, I, you know, I guess this would fall under the category of Arca breaks because typically Arca breaks are you holding the gas and running into somebody. So um, just not after you're already wrecking. Um, so I guess this is a new form of Arca breaks. Did Sean Core just invent a new form of Arca breaks? I, I really don't know what the deal with this was. This was one of the strangest things I've ever seen and left me just scratching my head going, why, why would you hold the gas in that scenario and hold it as long as you did? Like, do you not have a spotter telling you that there are cars there and you should not be holding the gas? Like, I genuinely don't understand how this situation came to be. One of the worst decision-making processes I've ever seen in the middle of a wreck. And I've seen a lot of Arca break situations. One of the worst decision-making processes I've ever seen out of a driver. I just, it baffles me that, that he was just like, Oh, I'll just hold the gas. That'll keep me off the wall. Screw the other cars. They'll be fine. Next week, we'll find out Sean Core had Brett Griffin as a spotter, and it'll all make sense. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> oh, yes, it will. Oh, anyway, moving on to uh, to trucks now. Not a whole lot to talk about with trucks. Corey Heim dominated a lot of the late portion of the race. He led 27 laps, only to be passed by Kyle Busch on the last lap. Most exciting Kyle Busch win ever? Question mark? Nah. <laughs> nah. Meh? No? Nah. We don't think so? Nah. Okay, well, uh, it what was, is the most uh, exciting Kyle Busch win then? Tell me a more exciting Kyle Busch win. I can tell you a lot of exciting races Kyle Busch didn't win. <laughs> okay, but that's not the question. Uh, I don't know. It's still Kyle Busch truck win, so. No, it is. Yeah. But at least this one was halfway special. It is the 100th win for KBM. I mean, it would have been cooler if it had been somebody that was not Kyle that won that hundredth win for KBM, but still cool. What was the stat I saw? What was the stat I saw? They have like 30 something wins without Kyle Busch driving that truck. I didn't see that stat, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I think it was like 37 or something is how many wins they'd had if Kyle Busch wasn't driving. Yeah. That's, um, that doesn't surprise me a bit, but, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what that exact number is. Pocono for trucks is usually kind of, yeah. They don't have Pocono. enough horsepower for that track. 
Pocono for practically any series is usually meh. I don't know what happened with the cup race to make it halfway exciting this week, but half of it was the exciting next for gen, the wrong reason. Next-gen card doing what it does best, making really boring tracks look like we should have been going there twice a year for 8,000 years. Right, and making the good tracks look bad. Making um, some NASCAR fans say we need to go back to Kentucky. Yeah, right? I saw that. Oh, like, yeah, okay. Uh, IndyCar, sure. That. NASCAR, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, no. I, I, they just need to let go of Kentucky or reconfigure it mm -hmm. to something better. We should be doing to Kentucky what they're doing to Fontana. <laughs> Do to Kentucky what they did to Atlanta. Or that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> keep Atlanta and make Kentucky that. Jeez. Yeah. Um, uh. Either way, on to Xfinity, the third race of Saturday. Josh Berry dominated, and then choked Didn't. at the end i don't know what's going on jrm this year they've been fast almost every week and have not a lot of results to show for it yeah no they they really don't um between running into their own teammates and just choking at the end of the race i don't know what's up with that i mean literally there's uh one jrm win for the whole season, and that was Justin Allgaier at Charlotte. But they've been fast every week, so they'll either someone else will take them out of contention, or they'll take themselves out of contention. This week it was Josh Berry, who had really this race in the bag and screwed himself over in the late laps. I genuinely, I, I don't know. Like he's already in the playoffs, he didn't need the win, so I guess it doesn't hurt him that much, but. I guess he's not locked in yet, but he's he's pretty much there. I mean, it's going to take a lot for him to fall out of the playoffs at this point. So he's in the playoffs regardless, but I don't know. Like, had an easy win in front of him and then just completely screws himself over. Um, <laughs> good for Austin Hill, though, I guess. Steals him one that, for once, that he didn't dominate. <laughs> I mean, usually ones that he wins, he dominates. So I guess good to see an Austin Hill win that wasn't a dominating performance he didn't win in atlanta again so he had to come back and steal one this week yeah right um uh, yeah I, I don't know what's up with jrm cars austin hill keeps going on his ridiculous season this year um i had a point i was gonna make oh there was a lot of fuel strategy at, at the end of the race i wasn't i was like watching but not super paying attention i saw riley herps in like second and then turned around and looked back and he was in like 20 something mm -hmm. <laughs> so Which, i was gonna make another speech of wow riley herbst really isn't that bad and then realized it was all pit strategy <laughs> well after he's been in xfinity for what almost five years now you would think he'd have picked up something so i would hope he's well, at least decent at this point it's like the you Brandon would think justin allgaier would be better than he is too so i mean fair enough justin allgaier's not bad though like he's almost won he's not bad a but times. he's yeah. he's um, not been doing too hot the past couple of years yeah fair enough um oh thanks doc just stick your tail right in my mouth that's that's great um <laughs> uh, i don't even know the point of oh it's the the brandon jones effect like brandon jones has been in xfinity now for what like 10 years and 
finally won a race in like his sixth or seventh season. So Has after really a while, you finally long? you finally got to pick up something, right? Has he really been there that long? Uh, maybe. Uh, hang on, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this. No, I didn't really pay attention to Xfinity Series until recently. So no, he's been there for a long time because he drove for RCR for a little bit. And then went to Gibbs for a few years. Now he's at JRM. Uh, okay, not quite that long. This is the seventh season. Wait, what? Oh, no, okay. This is the ninth season he's been in Xfinity. I can't count, apparently. Damn. Yeah, yeah. he should be doing a lot better than uh, that. Tech, his eighth full-time. Uh, 2015, he ran five races uh, for RCR and then went full-time in 2016, and he has been full-time ever since then with RCR, JGR, and now JRM. He's been around a while. Um, went full-time in 2016. Didn't win his first race till 2019. Yeah, it's not too good for Xfinity. <laughs> no. In fact, uh, his entire time at RCR... What was he there? Two years? Um... Two years? Is that right? Yeah, he was at RCR for two full years, plus the five races in 2015. Went to JGR in 2018. Winless in 2018. Finally wins a race in 2019 at Kansas with four races to go in the season. Came back and <laughs> won three races in 2020. Winless in 2021. And won one race last year. And then moved to JRM this year. And that's been going splendidly. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's he's legit only there because he's got that Menards Richmond water heaters money. Like, there's there's no other reason. Um, yes, he's won a few races, but anybody else, it takes you that long to perform. You're not gonna stick around. Not in Xfinity. <laughs> no, not at all. So. I don't know. I mean, I guess good for him that he's been able to hang around this long and actually picked up a few wins, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's circling back to Riley Herbst. It's it's the Brandon Jones effect. He's been in Xfinity long enough now that he should have picked up something, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> um, On to the cup race, which was fairly wild. Um, controversial finish. On multiple levels, uh, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson getting together. Denny claims that they didn't make contact. It seems very clear from the replay on TV that they did touch. Not very hard, but they did touch. Um, Denny even said on his podcast this week, he said even after watching the replay, he still contends that they did not make contact. So yeah, I don't I don't know what's up with Denny because you know damn well if Denny was in Larson's position and somebody did the same thing to Denny, it would have been the end of the freaking world for everybody, and Denny Ham would be complaining about it for the next three months again. Which yeah. I guess is my problem with Denny Hamlet at this point. It's like if he would have just looked at the replay and said, "Oh yeah, well, I guess I did touch him," then it wouldn't be an issue anymore. But the fact that he's still going on and on saying, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him, and it's pretty clear that they get really, really, really close, and then Larson's car goes towards the wall, you know? Yeah. He says, I just, that in, 
he says that in the car he never felt contact so he contends that they did not touch show me the smt data yeah <laughs> right apparently everybody screams at that to him now every time somebody gets like right rear somebody like uh what was that creed and whoever that was at new hampshire i don't remember who all who who the two involved in that were no. creed fun somebody <laughs> um and i guess everybody was yelling at him on twitter show me the smt data show the smt data <laughs> and he's like do you really want me to do that for every time this happens now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess he said he doesn't have access to Xfinity SMT data, so he couldn't have done that even if he wanted to. But wow, um, yeah. Uh, but the, the on one time of, I wanted Denny Hamlin's input, yeah, right. On top of <laughs> on top of the Hamlin Larson contact slash no contact, where Hamlin got the lead. The other controversial part about this finish was the fact that NASCAR waited so long to throw the last caution. I don't remember all the details, but I know somebody, it might have been Priest, spun off of turn one. I think one. it was Priest. Yeah, spun off of turn one and was just kind of sitting there. So they could have thrown the caution long before they took the white flag, racked them back up, and had an actual finish. Instead, Priest sat over there for as long as possible until the leaders got to, like, the middle of turn one, and then they throw the caution, which ends the race. And I think there was another wreck that happened there on the white flag lap, too, or right before the white flag, that also didn't get a caution until they got into turn one. It's like NASCAR was intentionally waiting as long as possible so they didn't have to do another overtime, which <laughs> I know we've complained a lot about having all these overtime finishes, but they're already in overtime and nobody wants the race to end under caution. If it doesn't have to. Right. But yes, this is like the one time I would have supported another green, white checkered there. <laughs> exactly. Like there was literally no reason to wait on the caution for that long. And literally everybody said the fans were booing at the end because they didn't want the, because they didn't like how Denny won. I don't know that all the boos were for that. I think the boos were for NASCAR because they were booing NASCAR because they needed that or they wanted that caution because they wanted an actual finish. Uh, Brandon Brown knows everybody's really, really good at telling what the crowd is reacting at. So, <laughs> yeah, see, that's, yeah. that's the other thing here. This isn't the first time NBC has... Uh, not necessarily had the crowd reaction correct at the end of a race so mm, not not quite yeah so i don't know i'm not gonna delve any deeper into that topic because that's a rabbit hole i do not <laughs> want to go down on this podcast but um either way um i think that was more they were booing nascar more than they were booing uh denny winning the race i don't think i don't think many people like that denny won this race but I think the boos were more toward NASCAR than they were toward Denny. Yeah, I just don't understand this. Like, we've seen cars do 360s by himself in the middle of a straight, and then NASCAR throw a yellow. But car yeah. spins off turn one and sits there for half a lap, and you don't do anything about it until leaders come around. Either throw it or don't, you know? Right. Either let the race finish or just don't worry about it, you know? They're so quick on the button any other time. And then this is the one time where they should have been quick on the button. And they're just like, well, let's let it play out and see what happens. Maybe he'll get back going. Oh, he didn't get back going. Caution into the race. 
just yeah a fucking caution come on like especially since i know joe legano made some comments about this this week but since next gen's like if they get a flat tire they're just stuck i mean at this point like if a car spins like in the gen 6 era sure let it see how it goes maybe they'll get going again maybe they'll make it around with these cars every time you spin you're gonna pop tire so Mm -hmm. just throw it at this point yeah then there was also the uh tyler reddick austin dillon feud that was uh kind of comical because austin dillon cannot throw a helmet (laughs) bounce was the worst helmet throw he he had it until he had it until he went to release it and then he like got his finger stuck in the hill in the lid and then it just went bouncing up the track worst helmet throw i've ever seen in my life yep um and it, it's really funny because Reddick is the reason why Austin Dillon has any wins in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really think Austin Dillon has room to be that upset about it. But we still have a couple races left to go before the playoffs, and I don't think Austin Dillon's gotten his token win yet this year. So he's he has We've still got Daytona coming up, and that's where he got his token win last year. So. Oh, good. Maybe it'll rain again going in turn one, and Austin yeah, Dillon right? will be the one car that doesn't touch anybody. God, I hate That's Austin right. Dillon. You know, the funny thing was, that wasn't the only feud in this race. Did you see the Priest LaJoy, too? Briefly? Yeah, so pre I don't even know what that was stemming from. I didn't see anything that happened between them, but Priest got out of the car, pissed off at Corey LaJoy, Ran back into his Didn't car. Didn't Corey just dump him off of turn two at one point? Maybe. If he did, I don't remember it. Um, I think it was really early in the race. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but Priest ran up to the car, grabbed Corey while he was still strapped into the car, still unbuckling, just yelling profanity lace tirade at him. <laughs> and he finally got pulled away. But uh, the the funny thing was NBC put on the the in-car camera for... LaJoy and the car behind him so you see the entirety of priest running up and then you hear everything priest yells at LaJoy it was great and Mike Joy well I guess not Mike Joy anymore but we apologize Rick Allen (laughs) yeah well no I don't I don't think it was on the broadcast I think they just put that on on social media oh that's even better (laughs) yeah I don't I don't think they put it on the broadcast but they bleeped out all the all the uh, the cuss words. Ah, show me the SMT data for those cuss words. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you can very clearly tell what he was saying, but <laughs> just using context clues. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was pretty funny. Um, unless you've got anything else on the cup race, I think it's time to uh, move into predictions. I got nothing. All right. Well, um. F1 is going to be this weekend from uh, Belgium. That will be Sunday at 9 Eastern. It's a really good track. That's going to be a horrible race. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, no IndyCar this weekend. Arca West is going to be at returning to Shasta this weekend for the Big Valley Sanitation Big Valley Sanitation Shasta 150. Say that five times fast. And uh, no one will be watching that. Nope, because it'll be at 11.30 <laughs> Eastern on Saturday night on Flow Racing. These West Race start times continue to get worse and worse for the East Coast crowd. Like, 
how how are you expected to watch these races live on the east coast like seriously i get it like it's on the west coast you want to have a good start time for that crowd but you could start it earlier than 8 30 pacific on saturday night and it would not be an inconvenience for the west coast crowd like what are we doing uh don't want to don't want to offend all three people that are going to go to the race <laughs> right um uh, <laughs> either way we're not making predictions for that because it's arca west there's no entry list yet and tyler will whine about not having an entry list um nascar though this weekend uh we'll start off with them and then we'll move into an srx pick at the end uh trucks will be at pocono this weekend on saturday 7 30 p.m on fs1 tyler who you got they're at pocono this weekend not pocono richmond that's better (laughs) (laughs) close enough that's better all right tell you what i'm gonna go with Corey heim for this weekend um he got one stolen from him by kyle bush this weekend and i think that's gonna make him come back this coming weekend and do a little extra okay solid i'm gonna go though with ty majeski uh, I think Majeski is due for a win this season. He doesn't have a win yet this year, right? I don't think he's won yet this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, no, he is not. Okay, I, he's due for a win. Um, he's been running very well in those Thor Sport trucks. I think Majeski finally picks up his first win. He's been very good on short tracks. Um, so I think Majeski finally picks up that first win of the year this weekend. All right, Xfinity will be Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBC, on Big NBC. Uh, Tyler, who you got for Road America? Hmm. I don't have an entry list to look at. Anyway, yeah, I know I'm bitching about entry list. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, whatever. Tell you what, I am going to go with... Josh Berry, because I don't know if Kyle Larson's in this race. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think he is. I don't think he is, no. Well, especially since it's not at the same place as Cup, I, I don't think there's any way that um, Larson's in this race. Yeah, I'll take Josh Berry. Um, he was good last year um, when they were at Road America. Um, just glancing at the... Finishing results from last year, Ty Gibbs isn't there this year, and Kyle Larson won't be there this year, and Josh Berry was the next highest car, so we'll go Josh Berry. I think he's going to pull it off this week. Okay. I, though, am going to go with his teammate, Justin Allgaier. He has been very good in the past at uh, road courses, and very good at Road America in particular, so I think Justin Allgaier wins this weekend at Road America. Yeah, he moving did on. a couple laps last year. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Cup Series, 3 p.m. Uh, Sunday on USA at Richmond. Why Xfinity is on Big NBC and Cup is on USA is beyond me, but I digress. Um, Tyler, who you got for Cup at Richmond? I don't know how you can pick anybody other than Martin Truex Jr. for Richmond. Okay, fair enough. I, you know what? I I don't disagree with that. Um, especially now that he is the uh, points leader, the regular season points leader. He has been 
on quite the tear lately. That being said, I do know who you pick that's not Martin Truex that has been good at Richmond in the past. I think Denny Hamlin goes two in a row and no. picks up win number 51. Um, Richmond's a good track for him. It's a home track. Uh, I think I think Denny Hamlin goes two in a row this week. I just know it's going to be a Toyota driver. It's Tuesday, and I know it's going to be a Toyota that wins. Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely is going to be a, a Toyota driver. Uh, All right, moving on to SRX for this weekend. They will be at uh, Motor Mile this weekend. And, well, if I can get the entry list to pull up here. Uh, okay, so on the docket for this weekend for Motor Mile, since I'm sure Tyler doesn't have this in front of him. Um, nope. <laughs> some, a couple names on here you might be surprised by. Elio Castroneves, Clint Boyer, Marco Andretti, Joseph Newgarden, Paul Tracy, Haley Deegan, Brad Kozlowski, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, Kyle Busch, and Ken Schrader. Tyler, who wins at Motor Mile? You know what? I'm going to go with first-time appearance drivers, and I'm going to go with Joseph Newgarden. He just dominated two oval races in IndyCar on in a very different type of track. car, though. It is a very different type of car, but I have a hunch that Joseph Newgarden is going to be really, really good in a stock car, and I think he's going to run away with it this weekend. Okay. I mean, I don't disagree. I think he will do very well. That being said, I'm going to go with Tony Stewart. I think Tony finally picks up his first win of the season. He's been very good in SRX in years past. Hasn't had the greatest start to the season. Neither Stafford race was particularly good for him. So I think Tony finally goes out and wins his first SRX race of the season. I will be so happy if this is a New Garden Tony Stewart showdown for the win. <laughs> right. To be like uh, the most American moment ever. <laughs> <laughs> the most American moment ever. Uh, yeah. yeah. New Garden just won the 500. Stewart's won the Brickyard. Come on. It'll be fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. I got you. I see where you're coming from. I, I, I see what you're putting down here. Um <laughs> so that uh I do believe will do it for us for this week. So uh we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Enjoy the we the races from uh Richmond, Road America, Motor Mile, and uh Belgium for this weekend. And we'll see you again next Wednesday at that. This has been the Rookie Stripes Podcast, Racing News Now. I'm Garth, that's Tyler, and I'm terrible at outros. <laughs>